Welcome back, everyone, to the Teacher Talk podcast. This is CJ Reynolds, and I wanted to remind you that my new book came out. Teacher Class Off, The Real Rap Guide to Teaching is now available at Amazon and on barnesandnoble.com. And it would be available at B. Dalton bookstores if they still existed. Alas, it does not. So if you do end up getting the book, if you would please, please, please leave a comment thing on Amazon, review rather, that would really mean the world to me. It helps the book get to more people. And that's it. Without further ado, here's this week's episode of Teacher Talk. Peace. Welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. Just missed it. You almost ended up in there. My wife and I went to the gym today together, and she had a. She's still looking sweaty, so she had to get by. Uh, <laughs> what's up, everybody? It's Sunday night, so it's Sunday night teacher talk. Um, can you give me a little bit of that juice? Um, and so we're back, right? So like last week, listen. No, I'll, I realize there's only three people watching so far, and other people won't know what I'm talking about. But um, they last week I. I just I I had, I was poorly planned and I it ended up on Facebook and then I pushed it to YouTube and then we had a thumbnail that wasn't very encouraging. So what's up, Imir? Um, and Imir, I figured you would like it. And I've actually gotten some some emails about that video and uh, I, I like this idea that like we could do videos that might only work for a small percentage of people, but there's still it's still stuff that needs to be out there. And I. I think that that is my move going forward is that like not everything is something going to be that everyone's going to get down to, but like, or with, but uh, can I put out content that like some people really need? So that's just, it was how it worked and it was on Facebook and it was a nightmare, but um, hi Crystal. And uh, so that's, that's the jam, but we're back to normal this week and um, feeling good. I'm feeling like, the summer rush of like, I've also been like doing a lot of exercising too, which helps. Um, what's up, Stacy Smith? Um, and California. So listen, let's talk. I'm, I am not, I'm not calling off the California visit. I'm trying to figure it out because folks, YouTube folks wanted to do it at the end of June. Um, you're going to crush my leg in a second with that chair. Um, it's real. It gets The struggle is real right now. So they wanted to do it at the end of June. There was going to be this YouTuber slash Instagrammer like meetup. And then we couldn't, like I was at ISTE with Darren Nakikara. And so we couldn't make it. And so I just didn't say anything about it. It didn't happen. I'd still love to do one in August. I'm going to be in West Texas, in Midland, Texas, uh, in the end-ish of August for a wedding. And so I am hopefully doing a meet up there. And then I, you know, it's not that far. It's, it's, it's like two thirds of the way to California. So I would love to do that. Um, my wife is breathing deep over here, but, <laughs> but we, might, we have some paydays coming up that, that might help that situation a little bit. So we'll, we'll see what's going on before then. Um, what's up, Kimberly, Steven, Stephen, happy birthday, Stephen. How old are Can we ask how old you See, when you're young, when you're like under 22, you can ask people how old they are. But after that, people get all weird about it and stuff. Um, so let's go. Let's, uh, here's what I would like you to do. 
what is, could you ask, if you have questions, go ahead and ask them. If you have questions for a friend, like maybe you're not going through that particular situation, but you know a guy that is, you could ask that question also. And what is, what am I thinking of? I don't know. <laughs> what are you thinking of? <laughs> Swimming pools. <laughs> um, here's a stupid question. I really want to get a class pet this year, right? And this is something that like I've gotten a lot of flack for because I teach high school, right? And it's kind of like we're not going to learn anything from it. We're not going to like learn how to care for animals or anything like that. I teach literature. I think I just want to have one to have one, but I'm not sure what I should have. So if you have any class pets and you have an idea, I realize this is like the dumbest question I could ask. Um, I thought about fish, although I've I've killed all of my children's fish, not intentionally, and I felt very bad about it, but accidentally, because I used soap, and it, it was a bad move. Um, thought about hermit crabs, because I can get those drones for pretty cheap here in, in Jersey. Um, a dog, yo, bro, so I've literally thought about having a dog. Service dog. Service dog? You think I... Yeah, like, it'll, I think that helps, like, calm... They're, like, so I, what, are, what are the... What are all, the... In Insurance. I, I like that you're talking you, off camera. I know. Too. I can't even tell you how many private schools that I've looked at that actually have service dogs. Serious? Like part of their yeah. If I liked cats, school. I would get a cat. But like, Yuck. what about allergies and stuff? Oh yeah, a turtle. A that turtle. So I thought about a turtle. They have illegal turtles in Chinatown in Philly, and I thought about getting them. I think I'd be afraid to touch a snake. Um, tarantula. So tarantula. Imir Williams, right at the top of the uh, the comment feed there. There's a student that was with me in Belize this year, and he touched a tarantula. And apparently, they don't hurt you. They just look scary. Um, all you have to do is feed it and give it water. Nice. Uh, my nieces, all girls. Wait, that's a, of course. Wait. My nieces, all girls. He has a service dog. They have a service dog, maybe. Um, but that would be awesome. Consider teaching. Uh, so I'll answer that question in just a second. Um, so let me know. if Even if you watch this as like a repeat, like, did you have a special animal in your classroom? Have you ever known a high school teacher that had like a classroom pet? I just want to have it. And I want to name it like a regular human name. Like, you know, I don't know, like Charles or something like that. And, uh, or Herman. yeah, Herman, we name a lot of things in my class. Like when I made my own teaching room assistant at that time. So that's what I'm wondering about. What is, <laughs> what is, what did they say? Sylvia says a gill. Sylvia's my oh, that's my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law is watching this evening. Hey, Syl and Missy. And Missy, um, I a hamster would be really cool. A ham, I feel like a hamster would stink though. I'm here, no, wouldn't it? Are they too much work? Yeah, they're dirty. Maybe I'm here. If you are committing to helping take care of the classroom <laughs> pet, perhaps we could get. Perhaps that broadens my uh, my possibilities a little bit. Um. So, oh wait, what's Nicole Brown saying? I teach in the UK and we had a tank. What, what, girl, what, I don't know what that is. What is that? Can you? What? I don't know. It's something. What is that? I don't know what that is. Um, a plant, a plant, a pet plant. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> can I put? I'll maybe I'll googly eyes on it or something, and I can like look like more threatening or something like that. Um, Diane is saying, I teach sixth grade math at a charter school in South Philadelphia. Uh, also South Philadelphia charter school. 
I might be able to, my wife works in South Philadelphia, uh, deep South Philadelphia, like it's a different world down there, South Philadelphia. Um, so yeah, so what, what do you got? Uh, let's, let's get into this and I can answer questions about school. I can answer about whatever you're, you're thinking about tonight. Like, let's, let's just go for it. Um, and I'd be happy to answer a salamander. That's a great idea. So she, oh, Columbus. Oh, I do know that school. I've heard of that before. Um, I'm going to be South, South Philly tomorrow doing coffee with somebody, I think. Uh, so the question was, oh, what's the question? Kayla Crozier. The question is, one, have you ever known a high school teacher that's had a class pet? I want a class pet. And two, what would be a good idea for a class pet? Because I don't, I don't know. I've thought about getting a fake class pet, like a stuffed animal, like yeah. but that looked real. No. What about that peacock? We have that stuffed peacock in oh, the basement. You know, all, all your boys are going to steal it. They will try and steal mine. Still. Bunch all, of right, all right. So, there, all right. So some teacher questions. Let's go for it. Um, John Chingus. I think I'm saying that right. Um, is saying, would you consider teaching literature at a college? So here's the, I've thought about this. One, you have to have your master's typically, and I am wildly underqualified in the sort of technical sense. Um, so I don't, I guess there's only one sense really to, to measure someone, but uh, I don't have like a, a master's degree. And so, and I don't plan on going back for one, like the, like te between teaching, having kids, having a dog, and YouTube, it like I'm I don't, I'm surprised I get done as much stuff as I get done. So I don't know that I could do that, but that's I think why I'm really liking speaking lately. So like I'll go to different colleges and talk to their students, and it kind of gives me this one off. We don't have to build a curriculum around it, but I can just like engage with folks, and then I follow up with a lot of people that I've met there um, through email and Instagram and stuff like that. That is like keeps that relationship going. So I actually become a resource as my hope for folks that need need help while they're they're in the the midst of stuff. So yeah, that's kind of my my jam. Um, do we have anything else? Um, someone said went to meet up with Pocketful Primary. So my, uh, did I talk about meeting up with Pocketful Primary? You must have. I must have. You like to you like to let everybody know. Everybody. I, like, I do like <laughs> putting myself up. Uh, so Pocketful Primary was at the. T teachers pay teachers conference in somewhere Nashville last week. And so I was waiting for her to get home from that. And then I thought she was done, but then I saw like everybody was posting on Instagram about the TBT conference. So, uh, so I'm waiting for her to like get home. And then, so I probably, I actually thought about texting her today or tomorrow. Um, and then hopefully that will happen next week. So I'll, I have to, I'm in Maryland for a couple of different things anyway. So while I'm there, I'm trying to just like meet up with her while I'm there, which would be really fun. Um, what's up, Scottish teacher? You're allowed to be late because it's like the middle of the night where you are. So my current co this is Rob <laughs> Madiska. I'm going with Madiska. My current cohort of second secondary math methods to students have a stuffed puppy for a mascot, and they named it Bad and and who's he was that it's uh, oh i get it so you teach in indiana hoosiers got it saw the movie um nice wordplay on dad bougie nice so they have a stuffed puppy mascot i 
I mean, we could go fake animal and just act like it's real. Go for it. I used to have a I fake mouse that I would drag down the hallway. It's not. No, dude, remember when I had that fake mouse and I tied it to uh-huh. fishing string and I would drag it down the hallway behind me and the kids would like freak out because they thought it was a real mouse. Or your fake um, Your TA. So, yeah. Uh, John Chingus is asking what's my favorite book. That's a hard thing to answer. But so I think the, the book that changed my life um, literally was Into the Wild by John Krakauer. Um, about this guy, Christopher McCandless, goes like gets rid of all of his money and all of his stuff and like goes and travels around the country and then ends up dying in Alaska. That's on the cover. So I'm not ruining anything. And that book at that particular time in my life meant everything because I was, you know, my, I had lost my mom. I was, no, actually my mom didn't die yet. She, my mom was sick and I wasn't sure what was next. When you went on your trip? No, no, no. Then I actually ended up sort of emulating that trip to an extent after my mom passed away, I paid off everything I owed anyone. And then I just like got in my van and I drove around the country for like two and a half months or something like that and would have gone longer, but I couldn't afford it anymore. Um, I had this really great move where I went to Vegas and I was like, if I make a thousand dollars in Vegas, I can drive to Alaska or like go as far into central and South America as I can. But I lost all my money instead. That plan didn't really work out. And then I just had to drive home and, but whatever, that book changed my life. And then other favorite books of mine are still there. It's a lot of stuff from when I was like younger. It's uh, uh, You Shall Know Our Velocity by Dave Eggers is still one of my favorite books of all time. Um, when I was a kid, My Side of the Mountain was one of my favorite books. So a lot of travel books, but uh, yeah. And then current day, the Hawk and the Dove series, which like no one believes me are great books because it sounds like the lamest book ever because it's like 13th century monks living in England. Um, it is, it will make you cry. It'll make you want to be a better human being. It is like one of the greatest books series of all time. And I don't, it doesn't even matter if you're religious, like you can still read it and it will break. I actually, I dare anyone to read that challenge you to read it. And if you can read the first one and not a hundred percent love it, like, I don't know, get money back from someone. Um, so that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, class every week. Could a college student come and observe your class? Yes. A college student can come and observe my class. Um, you have to email me first and then I kind of look into your situation, make sure you're not insane. And then, mm-hmm. which I've never had anyone seen. It's usually just, I mean, who else would want to sit in a classroom for a day? But uh, yeah, let me know. Kayla Kirchner, are you, did you graduate? Is that what that's thinking about? Um, Nicole, you you look stuff up and I'm just going to read things. Um, the Tellerat. Nicole, I'm, you know, if you've watched my channel for five minutes, you know, I can't pronounce anyone's name. I apologize. So happy I found your channel. I started teaching First grade, first year as a sixth grade math teacher this year. Awesome. Uh, so who teaches math on YouTube? No one? Mm-mm. I don't think so. So look, um, first of all, it's going to be awesome. And where are you teaching? Like what are, are you, what state or country are you teaching in? And then just keep asking questions. Like I would suggest like first year teachers, make sure you're going to other classrooms as much as you can, like during your preps, even for 10 minutes, it gives you a glimpse into someone else's life, 
Let's just see how they're doing it, good and bad. And just be yourself. Don't start off trying to be anything else but yourself because that will just dig a hole where you have to like be this. It's like starting a new relationship, right? Like you don't want to start a relationship and act like something that you're not because then eventually it's all going to catch up with you. Um, and you're, you get tired of like doing that stuff in Jersey. Nice. Um, we are in Jersey as well. So, so Kayla Kurz is saying, I graduated from Cherry Hill East. I'm entering Rutgers Camden in the fall. Yeah. Hit me up. I'd be more than happy to have you come check out my class. Um, you can even bring people with you if you want. Any horror story, stories working with colleagues, Mike Keenan is saying, man, Mike, you have not been working long. I'm not saying you. I'm saying anyone. If you don't have horror stories, of course. I once worked – gosh, man, they might even watch this sometime. I have no idea. I once worked with someone, and I say – let's go into this. I say ridiculous stuff to students sometimes because it's just the relationship that we have. Sort of like you say weird stuff to your own kids or to your brother and sister that like if someone who didn't know you would know, they would get really upset. So I had this one student who's a lovely kid, right? Very, very nice. But he would always smile in the back of my class. And in the beginning of his freshman year, I thought he was laughing at me all the time. Just how it turns out he's really happy all the time. So I used to say absurdly mean things to him just playing around because he would just never stop smiling. And so I would tease him about it all the time, like in a nice way. And then I, I always, for those of you that don't know me very well, I always follow up anything that I say to a kid, even if it's a mean joke it, with something caring, like, you know, you're a great kid and I hope you have a great weekend, whatever it is. It was like beginning of the year, this kid came back, he stood about six inches from my face and tried to mean mug me. And it was a Friday, senior star on Friday. And I said, uh, I said, it's 3 p.m. on a Friday. So did your mom start getting really depressed this time of the day on Fridays because she knows that you're going to be home all weekend? And the teacher that I was with in the hallway looked at me with such disgust. She wouldn't talk to me for the rest of the year, but we co-taught together. So it was like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do now? Like, and it, by the end of the year, she started kind of figuring out a little bit more of who I am and that I actually am as successful as I can be in class sometimes because I have these absurd relationships where I say like ridiculous stuff, but just not everyone gets that. Or people have seen me like blow bubbles in the hall and they literally get pissed off that this is like not creating a professional setting because you're blowing bubbles when like who said school has to be a professional setting and who says that you can't blow bubbles in a professional setting and your job might be more fun if you do that you know google's one of the most successful companies in the world in the history of the world and i'm sure people blow bubbles there i mean they have a damn sliding board in their lobby so i think we have to you know this isn't mad men um which maybe those guys that show would have gone a little easier for people if they'd start blowing bubbles so anyway i just think that that's uh you know worth the the gig um oh you're look at you you're so efficient KCB is saying, do you bring your kids to bring your kid to work day? What's your opinion on that? So first of all, bring your kid to work day happened this year. I didn't know about it, but apparently my son, the teacher brought it up. My son told everyone in his class that he was going to school for bring your kid to work day. And I had no idea that he even told everyone or that it was coming up. And then the day came and he was like, ready to go. Dad, what time are we going to work today? And I was like, what are you talking about? Do you have school? And he was like, no, it's bring your kid to work day. I told everyone at school yesterday that I was going to work with you. And I thought, 
Oh, man. Uh, I like Bring Your Kid to Work Day and for a couple of reasons. And it does get a little tricky at my school, but so I'll, I'll break it down like this. Um, I like my students to see that I'm an actual human being, that I have children and that I love them. And I like being an example of what a father could look like to my students. A lot of my guys do not have fathers that are in their lives and they don't have male role models. And that's not me making that up. That's either statistics that the school has or it's uh, the, the kids have like talked to me about their situation. But me bringing my kids in, especially my son, has even when he was very, very little, created, um, there was like an animosity or a jealousy within the students. And some kids would just try and like be nasty to him, be mean to me. They would get really worked up about it until, you know, one day, here's an example. One day my son comes in and one of the teachers brings on a huge bin of Legos that she had in her classroom. And my son's laying in the room, literally laying on the floor and he's playing Legos. And I'm across the hall in another room for, Saturday school. So I'm in there for a couple of hours on a Saturday. And this kid comes downstairs and he's like, Oh, you brought your kid with you? What's he doing? Like he's making a mess all over the place. And he's got Legos all over the place. Oh, and then he's, he keeps talking about it. And he says, later he says, uh, so what do you do? You're just like hanging out or like you had to bring him with you. I'm like, no, he's like my best pal. Like, of course I would bring him with me. Like made him for a reason. And so they he just keeps going on about the Legos and how he's in there and why did I bring him to work? And what am I going to do? Hang out with him later or something. And I go, yeah, we're actually going to go to a movie when we're finished here because that's what he wants to do. We're going to go see this thing. And he's like, Oh, you would go see that for little kids. Like, yeah, that's what you do. when you're a dad, like do stuff that your kids want to do sometimes, not just what you want to do. And as he's going on and on, I start getting the fact that like, he's jealous. He's not just being mean. And I said, you know, you could play Legos too in there. And he's like, what, why would I want to play Legos? I'm like, cause they're friggin' awesome. And there's a ton of them in there. Like you could play Legos too. Like he would be stoked. He actually looks up to all you guys when he comes in, like, why don't you go play Legos? And no kidding. About five minutes later, I peek in that room and my son and this child, who's a senior in high school are laying on their stomachs in there, building stuff and talking and like having a conversation about what they're building and how they're building it. And it was awesome. And so just that moment made me realize that like bringing your kids to work is a great idea because you get to like show kids what it could be like and they get to see you for a real human being. And in this case, it like got this kid to see that like, yeah, like I care about you a lot too. Like my son is my son. Like that's, that's something that's a different level, but I really deeply care about you also. And I'd be, you know, I do all the same stuff with my kids. I do with my students at school. So long answer, short question. Um, but I love that story. Kimberly Wallback. What's up, Kim? is saying, I'm going to be subbing for a guidance counselor in the middle school in August. Any tips? Uh, wow, that's kind of a wild gig. I didn't know they had subs for guidance counselors. I would say, look, first of all, if subbing jobs, if you're interested in this, often lead to like full-time jobs. Or if you do a great job, maybe someone like passes your name along. So I would first say like, just take it super seriously and not to say that you wouldn't. Right. But I would also say that I think, um, I, I just think like that, that position, uh, like guidance counselors get a bad rap, but I have not known a ton of good guidance counselors in my life. I would spend my time like being visible. Like as soon as you start at the school, 
don't just be in your office because, and I, and I know like as a teacher, I know that it's like very hard to get out of your classroom sometimes because you're busy and people come to see you get out, be visible because kids will come see you. If you, they can see you around, if they're familiar with you, if they know who you are saying hi to kids in the morning, goodbye to kids when they leave at the end of the day in between periods. Like um, if you have periods, like being out in the classroom and just saying what's up, asking kids about their backpack or their shoes or their shirt. And then that building, that trust is going to, is going to create something when kids come in to see with you, They're, you'll, they'll be more familiar with you and their guard will be down a little bit more and you can help more. So the only other thing I'm thinking of is, um, oh, what was I going to say? Uh, is, what was I going to say to you? Um, Oh, following up with kids. I, as someone that's been through, so let me say this. I had someone email me the other day. They had lost their parents or their parents both had cancer when they were in high school. And so they felt like no one really knew how to kind of deal with that. You can be that person that knows how to deal with that. And I, and I think the best way to deal with that is like letting people know that you're there, letting checking in with them. Um, and then checking in with them again and again and again. Like I remember after my mom passed, like folks got wanted to get back to regular life. And I just couldn't, like, I still needed someone to check in every so often and not like in a, oh, are you all right? How are you been feeling? Like, but like, yo man, how you doing? Like I had a student last year, lost his brother in the middle of the year. And just made sure that once a week I pulled him aside, like just making sure everything's good. Do you need to talk about anything? How's the family doing? How's your mom doing? Do you need anything? How's school going? Are there any extra stresses? Do you find yourself getting mad more often? Like, let's let's figure this out because it's an ongoing thing. I just think that doing that for kids is like the number one thing you can do because they don't feel forgotten or just because you got over it. Like, I actually put it on a schedule to like make sure I talk to this dude um, Monday mornings or Tuesday afternoon or whatever it is to just make sure I'm checking in. Uh, my good friend, the Scottish revert teacher is saying any update on Will Smith. Can we try again? Maybe get another big teacher vlogger to shout you out as well. So I do have an idea on this. Um, so for those of you that maybe do not know, I made a video to Will Smith cause I wanted him to come speak at my school. We had really hard year last year. Um, two kids died from gun violence that were shot and killed during the school year. I had, well, actually three kids died. Um, and then I had another two students, I think, that were shot but lived last year. So it was, it, and then all this other stuff happened. It was a very traumatic year, and I just thought it would be fun to have Will Smith come to my school. I thought of it in class one day. Everyone laughed at me, and so I decided to make a video out of it. And a lot of folks like got on board with that. I actually got two kind of hookups. Right, one was I know a friend of mine taught Will Smith's niece last year. And he even made it uh, when she was in eighth grade, he even made a video for them and put it and sent it to her class to play at the graduation. I don't know if I told you about that. Um, so she was going to try and help me out by getting the word. Cause my, my goal is I know, I know it in my heart that if I can get Will Smith to watch the video, I know I win. You just can't, you just can't not, because it's not about me. I don't care if, I don't even care if it's on my YouTube channel. I don't care if anyone knows about it. I don't care if the news picks it up or anything. I just want my students to have the experience. I don't have to get a shout out in the least. And so, I, and I think I convey that in the video. And so I think if Will sees it, then he'll do it. Um, I think he's in Russia right now also though. Then somebody else hit me up and somehow, not 
allowed to really talk about it, got Will Smith's manager's phone number. Um, and so I called there. I left a message last week. I did not hear back. But I, my plan is, uh, so it happened, it was a week ago tomorrow, I think. Um, my plan is every week to just keep calling and trying to figure out a way. But it was a nerve-wracking phone call, man, because I like didn't know what to what do you say. What do you say if Will Smith's manager opens up? You got like one shot. It's like Eminem and Eight Mile. What I, I think you should point out also is that people just kept using the hashtag on the same thread. And oh, so my wife's saying the other thing that we think went wrong um, that we could have gotten even more exposure was folks were using the hashtag in the comment section on my post. And what we needed to have happen was for people to repost that yeah. picture or a different picture and then use the hashtag in there or send a private DM to Because if you look at the hashtag on Instagram, it only has 42 posts. Yeah. So if you search the hashtag on Instagram, it only has 42 posts because it will only show you mine and the 41 other people that reposted. So, but I got like hundreds of comments on that, right? Like a ton of comments. So if I get all those people to repost. So I am, I do have another plan for this. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to make more noise, but uh, it's been... There's a lot going on, but it's still, I don't want to lose momentum. I think it's awesome. Who's this? My friend, Franklin, I got a job um, of being class August 6th, bro. That's early. My man, Franklin, Franklin got me the speaking gig when I was in Colorado. He's awesome. He just finished college and now he just got his first teaching job, teaching sixth grade. Um, That's awesome, man. Dude, let me know if you need any help or anything like that. uh, And you'll be awesome. Uh, Franklin is like, he's, he's like a, like a big, a big guy, like a big guy with a big presence. And he like dresses very dapper and stuff. I just think he's going to crush it. Like walking in the classroom, you'll definitely have like a, you have a good like look about you to be able to walk in and like crush it. I, I don't, I don't benefit from that at all. <laughs> I look like a skinny ass suburban dude. Um, Jessica Morton is asking, I'm considering teaching at a charter school for my first year, although, or any thoughts for anyone? Any thoughts on the different challenges I might face as a first-year teacher in the charter school versus public? Yo, I, Jess, I think um, I prefer charter schools. Like, I, I never aimed to be at a charter school. I had heard all this crazy stuff about charter schools, how they steal money from public schools and stuff. I just think that, one, I don't have to deal with the union, and which means my hands aren't tied. Union teachers too often, and I'm not trying to diss anyone, right? So, like, before you get all worked up um, – I just think that I have freedom where like union teachers that I've known feel like they can't stay extra hours. They can't do extra stuff. They don't want to like, they don't want the school to feel like they're getting more for their money than they're getting paid or for their time. And I don't feel like that at all being at a charter school. Uh, I just, we, I think charter schools, my sense is that we get, um, I don't know, like, a lot, we get a lot of people that want to teach. And so I can't really compare because I don't teach in public school, but I like being in a charter. I like that they do kind of weirder stuff. They do different kinds of things. They have crazy focuses and stuff. Um, so yeah. And I think, look, at the end of the day, there are kids that you're teaching. Charter schools might um, have a focus that the students aren't interested in. So you might get some pushback on in the beginning if kids are new to the school, like my school's all boys and they have to learn four years of Latin. So it's like, come on, could we, could we uh, make it any more ap- less appetizing for the students? But, you know, 
I think that by the end of ninth grade year, beginning of 10th grade year, the boys really start to realize like that there's this brotherhood and that people really care in the school. So that wins over every time. So just make it about the kids. Um, and then just give it a shot. If you don't like the school, then you can always move somewhere else. Um, and be in a public school if you wanted to do that also. So, oh my goodness. Um, I'm saying that I just, uh, Asher, am I saying that right? I feel like I'm pronouncing it wrong. Abu Hussein, I'm going. I'm going for. I'm going to say like I just know what I'm talking about because I, I, I apologize. I don't know how to say things. Uh, how can I show students I'm restrict? I'm strict. How can I show students I'm strict? Although I'm a nice person, yo. So I got an email about this today from a woman that said she is very reserved she's like she's a uh, introvert and she is extremely strict but she thinks that the kids get the sense that she doesn't like them and how can you be both of those things i think the key there is telling the kids that you care about them right and it's that simple in life in re in relationships we need people to to constantly remind us that they they love us, that they care for us, that it's our best intentions that they have in place. And so that can look like, right, there's there's a dark side to that too, where there's always like, you know, that parent that beats their kid or the husband that beats their wife, maybe the wife beats their husband, I don't know. But um, And they say things like, you make me do this. I do this because I love you. And it's like, you have to be able to realize that that is some crazy talk right there and it's not real. But when I get mad at my kids and my students, I often remind them, like, I, I'm getting pissed off because I know how this ends if you don't take it seriously. Like, I teach, my students are, like, almost 100% African-American. They're males. They have one of the lowest graduation rates in the country. So, like, the odds are really stacked against you. And that if you don't take this seriously, like, th this is the game, bro. And if you don't play the game right, then you lose. And you're going to end up pushing shopping carts. You're going to end up working some shitty job that you don't really want to work. And I care so much that it, it makes me mad. And so that's why I get mad sometimes. And so I think telling kids, like, look, I'm strict because for a reason. I heard someone say the other day, um, what was the word that they used? They used... Um, Dis discipline. They said, if I ask my kids, what does discipline mean? They say it means punishment, but it really means training. And so that if you're disciplined, you're training yourself. You're not like, you shouldn't be like beating yourself up and that's how you get yourself to the gym because you're disciplined. I'm going to beat myself up and then, then that's how I'm going to get there. I'm going to like kick my own butt and push myself. But it should be that you're trying to train yourself to get somewhere. And I think just telling students you can be strict and deeply, deeply care for your students. And if you want to see a little bit more on that, I did a live feed with my friend, Miss Cho. She is a teacher at my school. She is a five foot tall Korean woman that kills it. And she is like no nonsense in her classroom, but still has really great deep relationships with students, but um, doesn't come off like not in just as good of relationships as I do, but we do not do it the same way. And I just think that's a really good show of like, you can have similar results, but different approaches. It's just a comment. It's just a comment. Yeah. Um, a lot of those Ayrton Weather Spotter. I'm going to say that I said that right. 
Um, joining you from Mexico, visiting wife's family. Awesome, man. Uh, I had a cool, someone from Mexico was hit me up early in the year. They did a serial day in a class. I teach ninth grade science in Southern Ohio, rural high school, starting sixth year this year. Found your channel a few days ago. Awesome, man. That is. You've had a lot of people say that, but they just found your channel. Oh, oh, really? So all, first of all, can I, let me ask you this. Cause I'm going to ask a favor of you. How did you find my channel? I just think that it's, um, I just think YouTube is like such a great resource that even if you just found my channel and you're looking for other teachers, because there's a lot of stuff out there, right? But there's teachers that have like abandoned their channels. If you're looking for a certain kind of channel, you can email me that real quick or just leave a comment. I'd be happy to like share it because we're all a part of a community. Like I talk to or have talked to or have a relationship with almost with most of like the uh the YouTubers that have been around, like the YouTube teachers that have been around. There's a lot of new folks that like, I just haven't had a chance because you get too busy, but um, I'd love to connect you with stuff that you feel like uh, that could help you. And I'm really glad that you're here. I'm really glad that you found it. And I, you know, if there's ever anything I can do, shoot me an email, leave a comment. If there's a certain kind of video that you want to see, or you have a personal experience that you want to like, you need a little bit of help with, like, let me know. I spent my day emailing people all day, Especially people I haven't emailed, even though they emailed me like a month ago, but I got sick and life got busy. I'm trying to clear it up now. Uh, what do we got? So also have a great time in Mexico. That's awesome. Wish my okay. wife's family's from Mexico also, but I never get to go there. <laughs> Getting gypped. Um, so Amanda teaches. What's up, Amanda? I know that name is saying, have you ever thought about going into administration, possibly becoming a principal or a vice principal or teaching college? What are your thoughts? So I did just talk about teaching college. Um, I'm underqualified for that. Look, at, there was a point, I think most teachers at some point think about being in administration, especially because they want the school to be, they, they have a vision for it or they think they can do a better job than the current administration does. I, I just don't think I want to be. Um, a comedian that I loved forever, uh, who's no longer, he passed away years ago, Mitch Hedberg once used to say that I got into, he's like, when you get into comedy, people ask, well, what are you going to do next? Are you going to write? Are you going to be in movies? Are you going to act? And he's like, no, I got into comedy to do comedy. It's like you worked your whole life to be a really good farmer. And then people are like, all right, now what are you going to do? Cook? And it's like, no, man, I just like a farm. This is my jam. So I like teaching as opposed to admin because I feel like I get more face time with the students. I feel like there's less, like there's less things I'm being called to. And I have more time to like, if I want to spend a lunch period sitting down with a student, having a conversation or calling a parent or working something out between two students, I have that time. And the admin from what I've seen, like don't even have time for lunch. Like they're constantly working, constantly being pulled in different directions and putting out fires and I don't know that I want to do that. I have, I think I can affect school culture. I can affect, you know, I can go and help people, but it's on my time, my schedule and the way and the way that I want to do it and with the depth that I want to do for each teacher. So I still think I have the freedom to do all the, the fun stuff that admin gets to do, but um, I don't have like all the restrictions that they do and all the headaches that they do. I think when you're Mr. Feeney's age, you should be when I'm Mr. Feeney's age, I mean, he is like literally. Was the, he a principal on the show? I don't know. No, he didn't move to college. 
when like the cast uh, got to college, they were like, well, we can't leave Feeney in high school. Um, and I don't have any plans on teaching college, but I do like speaking at colleges. And I think that that is, that's great because it's sort of a one-off. Um, and I'd even be interested in doing like a short, like teaching for a week, a, a couple of classes or something like that. But I, I like doing that more. Um, I, and I just, I like staying with young people and I like teaching there. Kimberly Fair is saying, hey, Reynolds, Kim from Chicago. What's up from Chicago? Uh, is saying they have, uh, I don't know why I'm reading poorly tonight. Quick questions. Have you taught other grades besides high school? And if so, what grades? I have not. I've only taught, I've taught nine through 12 in different classes. Ninth grade is I've taught, ninth grade I've taught more than anything else. Um, but I would love, like when I go and visit my children's schools and teach elementary, like I just, I think I would just have a great time. Like you could be even weirder. Like with second graders, like it's, <laughs> it's like off the charts how weird you can be. Um, you should tell a story about what you do your kids at swim team. Oh, so like when we're at swim team practice, right? I'm, uh, or the meets. For the meets. Yeah, the so I'm in, my kids are on the swim team this year. I'm in charge of timing them. So I really just sit there and the kids go by and I time how long it takes them to do a lap or whatever. And I just start making things up and I go, uh, so if my daughter's standing there, I was to say, hey, I just heard from the coach, knowing that everyone else can hear me. I just heard the coaches talking about that they're giving extra points if kids belly flop when they jump into the pool and say just diving in. And they said, uh, they said that they, I'm sorry, Mr. Jackson, for a second. Some kid will go, wait, what did you say? I'm like, I just heard, I heard them coaches whispering about the fact that they're giving extra points if someone belly flops into the pool. And they're like, no, they're not. No, they're not. I'm like, yeah, coaches whisper about stuff all the time. Did you guys hear about Saturday? I heard if, so there's the dividers that like separate the swim lanes. I'm like, if you run down the dividers, they're going to give like, there's going to be a meet where instead of swimming, you have to run down those, those ropes as far as you can. And kids don't know what to do with that. Like they're kind of like, don't know me. Don't know if I'm being serious. And then I just say like crazy stuff to them. Like when my daughter gets on there, I'm like, don't forget to lose. It'll be great. Like come in last. And they're like, what are you telling her that for? And I'm like, just because it's funny. And like, it's, I just think it'll be awesome. Uh, second question from Kimberly was, how can middle school teachers better prepare for seventh and eighth graders for high school? I think, so here's what I would do. Contact, if you have, if you're in a neighborhood school, right? Like you're, all of your middle schoolers go to high school. Contact some of those high school teachers and ask them where they're seeing gaps. Um, it will blow their mind. First of all, they will like not even be believe that you're like contacting them, but like, what are the things that they need to see or that they see a deficit in, in the beginning of ninth grade? Like, is it a certain thing like tone or mood or certain type of math or organizational practices or, um, like, I don't know, like homework completion, like what are the things that they need to see? And that's what I would do. So I have a con uh, connection. They really just started doing this last year to my detriment, which my friend and I chose started meeting with the middle school teachers and just finding out like bridging the gap because there, there was this huge gap. The high school never hangs with the middle school. And so going out for beers and like talking about what are some things that like the middle school can do to get the kids ready for high school and, and what can we in the high school already expect because, you know, kids aren't going to be honest all the time. And they're going to tell you like, oh, we never did that. We never learned that. And so having that person's phone number and being like, yo, did you talk about this last year? And they can tell you like, yes or no. And you can just catch the kids in, 
in their web of lies. Uh, Christina Glenn is saying, hi there, I'm going into my second year of teaching middle school with a pretty rough student population, lots of poverty, foster kids, parents in jail. Any tips on helping avoid burnout? First of all, Christina, you're awesome. And like all teachers are awesome because all kids are having problems, whether they're in like um, a poor school district or not. But, you know, I think that it just takes a special person to be able to teach at a school, rich or poor, that that call like demands so much of you. So I would say one, um, be kind to yourself, right? Like, like be, don't beat yourself up. You are not the be all end all. You did not create the problems and you will not solve all of the problems, but you could influence kids in a really positive way. And so remember that, that, um, I think also, you know, like Hillary Clinton or not, I think she is accredited with saying it takes a village to raise a child. So remember that, like, be a part of the, uh, did you just laugh at my Hillary Clinton quote? I did. I'm pretty sure she said that. Okay, keep going. Don't go. I don't think she invented it. Like, no. people, communities have been raising children forever. But uh, find people in your school to work with. Even if that's, like, just a few people, like, it might be two other folks. And then that gives you the ability to, like, share your your struggles share your your the good stuff that happens this picture just got bright for some reason slightly green um they so find people to like create community around in your school with to help you in teaching those kids because you'll find that that works a lot better and then have non-negotiables like i know when i'm at my best i am for me anyway this works i get up early in the morning about 5 30 i go to the gym I meditate and pray in the morning. And I find that that puts my head in the right spot. It puts me in a better spot than waking up at 6.30, 30 minutes before I have to be at work, downing coffee, taking, you know, making my, actually my wife makes my lunch, but um, getting ready and then getting out the door. I'm in kind of like this, this crazy mindset where I like, I have to rush and in instead like, building in those times, building in things that like are rejuvenating to me and then planning them, right? So like making, going out with friends, hanging with my wife, going on a date, planning them. And then the other thing is always any books by this dude, Gregory Boyle, Tattoos on the Heart. Um, he will uh, actually go ahead. Who, what was her name? Did uh, I miss it? I, the woman I'm speaking to? I all right. So I forget what your name is. I apologize. Um, send me an email. I'm going to send you a copy of this book so that you can have it. And it, like, it's a Catholic priest, but you don't have to be Catholic. It's fine. Um, the stories in here I find are super rejuvenating. And he deals with he, Gregory Boyle teaches and, and works with the created actually the largest gang um, rehabilitation like center in the in the world and he works with ex-gang members and current gang members and he is just like the most awesome dude so if you email me remind me that i said it and i'll send you a copy of this book and we made a video about incarcerated how to help oh and then i also just made a video last week with a really funky thumbnail looks nothing like any of the other ones uh called the kids that no one else is talking about and i spoke with two women that speak about like how you can help students that whose parents have been incarcerated and it was awesome so you should check that out too. Uh, Nayara, I'm getting that name right. My friend from, uh, I think you're, she's in China, right? Yeah, she lives in Georgia though, I think. She's from China. No. She lives in China, from Georgia. Yes. That's a community. 
ish. Somewhere like that. Oh, stupid joke. But uh, what's up, buddy? She's saying, I'm trying to find classroom management strategies that will help me empower my TA. She's super sweet and she tends to take the kids' behavior personally. Any ideas? Um, I think drinking might help, like going out for drinks. And I don't say that just sarcastically, but hanging out outside of school. If the two of you, uh, and I'm assuming this is an adult and not a child, but like, uh, and if it's a child, if they're younger, right? Like we have TAs that are high school students, build that relationship. The kids will start seeing that your relationship is stronger and then she will get more respect and she'll start seeing your words, your actions will take on a different, um, a deeper meaning because she knows who you are more. And I think that really, really helps. Uh, and part of that is just going to have to be her kind of like learning how to deal with that and realizing that like, it's not something you should take personally. Kids are going through stuff every day and it's okay to like, you know, I, I still do it. I still get like, there are nights when I can't sleep because of something some student said to me, it really hurt my feelings or like I am upset that I hurt their feelings. But um, I think just reminding them and then maybe you could find things to do this year to like, uh, have the kids write her a card, have like, you know, a day where they like write, oh no, someone's coming in the door, there goes the dog. Uh, so finding ways to like remind the kids like, hey, have you said anything nice to so-and-so today? Like maybe like say something nice to them and that would be something that would empower them. Sorry, it's like distracted things here, picking up her kids. Um, Shauna Caldwell's, I feel like I know that name. Maybe, maybe not. Shauna Caldwell is saying, I couldn't wait for today to tell you that I got a job. I will be teaching at an inclusive school, teaching English and language arts. No more student teacher questions. Well, first of all, I don't ever mind student teaching questions, but that is fantastic. So here's what I want to know. Um, Shauna, what are, so I do know that name because you've been asking me questions. Um, what are, an inclusion school means, I'm not exactly sure what, like, what does that look like for you? I'm, I'm interested to know, like, you can either leave it in the comment or send me an email. And then what are you the most excited about given that particular school? And what are you the most concerned about? I would just like to, to hear your take on that. Um, but that is fantastic. Now my wife went away to go get kids and I don't know what the next question is. So I'm going to just pick one. Um, so my good friend, naturally, Niani, there's my girl. We hung out in Chicago also. And she said, video suggestion, Jen, can you, which is my wife, we call her Jenai. Uh, Jenai, can you make a video on pros and cons of supporting a spouse who's a teacher? You guys have an amazing connection and system. We do. So my, actually, Niani, we, um, which is not her real name, it's her daughter's name, but so I call her anyway. They, uh, Niani is asking if we, you can make a video on like supporting a teacher spouse. I feel like, but someone else asked if um, we could do a connection later, guys. If we could do a video about um, like our, our marriage. And I think the way that I would give this, and this was a suggestion also, it was like, could we do a video based on um, the importance of relationships and connection and having hard conversations? Like it's all the same, right? Like, if you're going to have a really good marriage, it's the same thing in a lot of ways as having a really good friendship or having a really good business partner. You have to be willing to have hard conversations, but there's, there's tactics to doing that. Like it's not, it's, it, it's, and it's awkward and it gets weird, but like if you are dedicated in your, in your relationship with anyone, 
you know, you're, you know that you have to work forward. You know that the scar tissue is far stronger than regular tissue, unscarred tissue, regular skin. I don't freaking know, but, um, so we have thought about doing that. So, uh, I would like, I don't know if my wife would do a video by herself. That would be, no, no you would have to do it with me. Yes. It's not my thing. You just like hang out with me all the time. That's what it is. I do she, love you. She just follows me around the house sometimes. <laughs> it's my wife and then the beast. They just it's like we're like a prey. No, I don't I didn't mean it like you're like a dog. Babe. No, I knew that. Keep going. All right. Next question. Uh, <laughs> the Mrs. CJ is saying, by the way, your laundry game is on point. <laughs> There's a crispy OIT. What's your I'm, I'm putting that one up there because that's my IT credit for that one. Thank you. <laughs> Bleach hot water. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you know, this has nothing to do with anything. But yo, when we lived in Africa, we lived in, so we lived in Africa and Zambia for like, I don't know, three months or something like that. And um, I taught at a school there that it was, we landed. Two hours, like straight into the bush um, to, where did we live? What was it? Matcha. And, uh, the folks there, even though they didn't have access to clean water, I mean, they did, but it was like walk two miles to get clean water. They had like the brightest clothes ever. I thought like, what are they cleaning their clothes with? Like, what what are you using that is making your clothes that bright? It was the brightest my clothes have ever been. Um, Destiny Vasquez is saying, your opinion on current students who want to be teachers and any tips? I, I do have opinions on this, Destiny. I actually get a lot of emails from like students that are in high school. I would say, put yourself in a situation where you get to be a leader to children, right? So that could look like, um, like my homie, Amir Williams, who's, who was on here earlier tonight. Um, Amir is at a summer camp this summer, and he's getting a taste of like, what is it like to have to be in charge of kids? Um, maybe you could start tutoring. Maybe there's a tutoring center near you, or you could go on Craigslist or something and like have your parents help you. Um, might be good for your parents to help you vet students or uh, just try and find kids that, that are learning stuff that you already know. So if you're in high school, maybe it's middle schoolers or grade school kids that are having trouble in math and you are getting a taste of what it's like to start teaching. And then what that's going to do is it's going to make watching YouTube videos like the YouTube videos that, uh, that all of us teacher folks are on. Um, it'll take on a new life because you're like, oh, that's why they talk about this all the time. That's why, you know, building relationships is important or creating safe spaces are important or preparing or taking care of yourself or all these things that we're talking about all the time, it will take on a new meaning. So I would just start trying to find places, maybe go back to your old grade school. And if there was even one teacher you got along well with say, hey, I'm thinking about becoming a teacher and I'd like to start tutoring. Do you have any students I could work with after school? Maybe you go into their classroom and for 30 minutes after school, you sit down with a fourth grader who's struggling in to learn to read and you just work with them. And I think that's the best thing that you can do. You're actually starting to build the skills of actually teaching. Uh, GameCrow88, I feel like I know that name, but maybe not. Does your school offer AP literature and AP language composition? If so, would you ever consider teaching those classes? So I, um, we do offer both of those classes. I don't teach them. I feel like my calling literally is uh, is for students who are struggling, like kids that are like come into ninth grade and have a much lower reading level, kids that hate reading, kids that hate school, kids that have a lot of like uh, social emotional issues or 
deal with a lot of the other stuff that makes it hard for them to be in school. That's who I want to teach. And some of those kids exist, even though they're an AP, like you can have kids with that have totally have anger management issues or super lazy or unmotivated and end up in AP class. I just, that is my, that's my jam. And I think part of that is having like two children that have learning um, differences and have struggled a lot with school. And that has totally given me a heart for kids that like, um, that are, are similar to them. And also I grew up with my brother has uh, had severe ADHD and any number of other issues growing up. And so even though that used to piss me off when I was a kid, now it like has given me like I see kids and I'm like, yo, that was my brother. And I remember he had like detention every day of high school. And I remember now I think like, nope, like I'm going to not just give you detention because I've seen the results of that. I'm going to like be like try and connect with you more. And that's, I think that comes from all of us, right? You go through stuff and it forms the human being that you become. And if you can get through that stuff, um, it can really influence the person you are and help you have a, an extra level of empathy that most folks do not have because they've not been through the situation. Someone said no. if you know who that is, I have no idea. Someone asked if I know who Patty Brard is. Yeah. Uh, she's TV personality for the girl group Love. I do know what that group is. I don't know why they said um, why. I know. Anyway. I know who that is. That's me. Uh, she's 83. She's 63. Uh, emerging educator. What's up, girl? Is saying, that's my buddy also, is saying thoughts on flexible seating. Emerging educator. Yo, so if you haven't checked out her YouTube channel, she's supposed to be kicking it up. Now watch this, girl. You should check out her channel because she's supposed to be like getting it together over there because she like went off. And, and my girl, naturally, Niani, they both are like excellent. They're just great people, right? So like, their channels have to be great because they're just really authentic human beings trying to make a difference in the lives of children. So my thoughts on flexible seating, if I had the money, I would only have flexible seating, right? I've experimented with it a little bit. I just think it's awesome. I just think sitting in rows and like the limitations that come from like desks, you can't even put my desks. Some of my students are so gigantic that they literally make the desks like, like the seat goes down and the desk bends up, right? It looks like some kind of weird ramp that's going on there. And because they're just such large dudes, like they're six foot eight and they're all muscly or just big dudes. And so it is, um, it just doesn't make collaboration very good. And I think that that's one of the things that we really need to focus on in schools is helping kids to become leaders and to learn how to collaborate with other people and so I think flexible seating is like the jam. Now I do like an order, a semblance of order in my classroom for things like taking attendance and making sure people like know where to go when they come in. But then if you can find a way to open that up to flexible seating, like even if that's just some, like not everyone likes that. Some kids like desks, but I have stand-up desks in the back. I have a couch. I'm making a seating desk, a seated desk this year that kids essentially looks like a coffee table that kids can sit at um, and work on. My windowsills are getting redone this year where I'm going to make those into benches. So I have these large windowsills in the back of my classroom that kids can sit on also. So I just think flexible seating is every, 
is something that every single teacher should have some of in their classroom, even if it's just a standing desk. Some kids just can't sit still for a long time. They want to stand up and like move around a little bit. And if you're still getting work done, I don't give a crap what it looks like. Like, do do you? Um, whoo! <laughs> I apologize. I'm gonna ruin your name right now. Um, Bahamash. <laughs> I want to. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm not doing this to be rude. I just. I'm. I, don't think you can. I can't. You can't say it. No. Whatever. Um. Sorry. I just am not good at saying names. And so I apologize for that. Uh, the question though is, is I was told by a veteran teacher that I shouldn't make mis mistakes in my lessons. First of all, I didn't even finish reading your question. I'm going to tell you right now, you should be making a million mistakes in your lessons because that's going to inform what you, the kind of teacher you're going to be. It helps you to learn from your mistakes your whole life, right? Because I, I, this is already has me like bad information, and I don't want that to happen. I, I don't know if it's a girl or boy actually, but um, you like Derek Brown, the poet says, "Losing is pregnant with chance." Right? Meaning you can only learn in your life if you mess crap up. If you win, you don't learn anything. You only learn from losing. So that that's it. Uh, but I think it's okay to apologize to students if you messed up or intentionally hurt their feelings. What do you think? I have hurt much to my, I do not take this lightly. I have hurt tons of kids' feelings because sometimes you say things that like you didn't know it was a soft spot for a kid. You didn't, or, or you just flipped out, right? You're having a bad day. Like you're on your way to school and like you got to fight with your spouse. Not that we ever do that in the morning, but like, you go into school and you're in a bad mood and then someone pisses you off and like you just lose it sometimes, right? It's not your fault. It's just, it's life and you're a human being, not a robot. And so I think all that, I think telling kids, apologizing to your students, show students one, what that you're a human being and that you make mistakes. And two, it shows them how to do it. Like it shows kids how to have an awkward conversation, how to like say, you know what? I need you to know that I just apologize. Like I freaked out yesterday and it wasn't your fault. I should not have done it. I mean, it was a bad move. No one's going to take advantage of you. No one's going to tell their mom that you're unstable and that like you, you have to apologize to your kids because you're losing all the time. Like it's okay. So like, yeah, I think you should make more mistakes because if you're not making mistakes then like you're not, you're not risking enough. And then I would say also that a hundred percent apologize to your students. Like, how do you feel when someone apologizes to you? And like, you maybe slept on it. You thought you did something wrong. You're eating, it's eating you up. You also don't know how much these kids mean or you mean to them. You might be everything to a student that doesn't have a parent that cares and has like not a lot of friends. And then you say something mean to them um, or out of anger that could just eat that kid up. And so your apology could literally mean everything to someone. Um, what do we got here? Mallory C. Brown is saying, should I be concerned that I haven't heard back from any schools about interviews yet? I, I'm a new 7th through 12th grade English teacher looking in Pittsburgh and Philly for jobs and so nervous about not hearing back. Um, I would say no. I didn't hear back till the end of July. I know my school sometimes doesn't hire people till August. And that might be because you're a first-year teacher, right? So what they're doing first, my, my, this is what, what I've known so far is that schools are looking for the most highly qualified teacher, right? And so 
maybe those folks are getting jobs somewhere else and you're going to be the low person on the totem pole right now. Right. And, um, it's such a weird saying. You got to figure that one out too. It sounds, sounds racist. Um, but anyway, they, you know, you are going to be probably one of the last picks and that's all right because when you get the job, you're going to crush it. Like, and they're going to go, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that all those other people didn't work out because you're fantastic. Right. So don't be worried about it. It will all work out. And if you can't get a job somewhere like that, um, that you're looking for, maybe broaden your choices. I, I just think not enough people look at Title I schools because they think they know what they're going to get into. Um, and Title I schools are far easier to get jobs in because everyone leaves all the time. Can I ask a question? Can you call them? Me? Like, no. Can If you put an application oh, can you somewhere call and, the school you, and, yeah, ask? and we'll just say like, I'm just following up. I dropped no, but I would do this. That's a really good point. Someone said to email the principal. All right. Someone said email the principal and maybe they're right. Maybe like, maybe they can connect with you in the comment section and they can help you out. Um, okay. And if anyone else has uh, like pointers on this, like go for it. But um, I would say I like writing thank you cards. That's my jam for everything in life. If I go to a conference and I meet people, I literally write one of my I'm around here somewhere, my real rap with Reynolds, thank you cards handwritten to everyone hey thanks so much um i for like taking my application i really hope to hear from you all soon and like i hope you're enjoying your summer that's it because what that's going to do is it's going to like show your initiative i think it also just puts you back on their radar right if they got you know 20 applications or more for the same job then like um that you get lost in the sauce and what you're doing is like reminding them that you exist like oh like Let's look that up. Did you, do we have the application for this girl? And then they look through it, and then maybe you can that helps you out. Uh, so good question, or uh, Mallory. Uh, Amir is saying, where did he go? Oh, so my man Amir, he's one of my students, kind of former student, because he's like, I think he's going to be a senior this year. Uh, my five-year-old camper, so Amir is teaching at a summer camp. He's a student in high school, and he wants to be a teacher one day, so he's doing summer camp, uh, which was a trick for him earlier in the summer. My five-year-old campers have gotten a little better, but they're still a bit crazy. Are there any call and response things that you think would help? You could try that stuff. I think, you know, Amir, it's going to come down to like, what's authentic to you. I don't do call and response, but I definitely count down anymore. Like four, three, two, one, and then I need everyone silent. So that could work. I think I would vary it. Like I would make different ones um, that are, and if your kids are crazy, make crazy stuff, like do crazy things. Like what, so for instance, ADHD kids need crazy. Yeah, yeah, ADHD kids, like, like I know this cause I have them, like I made some of them. Um, they are, they need me. I need to be like more than they are, more hype than they are. And I think um, like when I go with my daughter on, field trips and I'll put in charge of like, <clears throat> hold on, I'm going to die. When I'm in charge of like getting all the wild ones from one place to another, I, uh, I do like, we have to walk from one place to another. I make them line up behind me, but then I like make them walk like I walk. So if I walk crazy or if I start skipping or jumping, <clears throat> they have to do the same thing. If I start zigzagging around people or things, you have to follow along. Don't get lost in the sauce. Like you got to stick with me. So I think meeting their craziness with more craziness helps. Uh, Amir is also asking, I don't want to shout at them, but I might have to. Is shouting necessary sometimes or no? Yes. I made a whole video about this, about why I yell at my students. I think 
Raising your voice is different than yelling. Yelling at them might make them cry because they're five, but raising your voice and being like, just gets their attention. Um, or use maybe like get a whistle or a megaphone or something like that. I mean, I you, that's all the crazy stuff I use. Yeah, it is store. cheap dollar store. Like it looks like just a cone. Oh, you talk yeah. into it, um, or maybe like I don't know. I, I'm I'm struggling here a little bit because I'm just thinking of all the nuts stuff I would do if I taught kids that were that old. But uh, yeah, maybe like I don't know. You yell some kind of animal call and they all have to do it back or something like that. Um, those are my immediate thoughts. Danny Cordetti, I know that name too, is saying biggest tip for lesson demo for ELA ninth graders. I go in on Wednesday and I emailed you back or and I emailed you back. You're the best. Oh yes. Yes. Um, so I'm going to actually email you back at the end of this. My wife and I were trying to figure out a place to get, uh, to get coffee somewhere. Um, so I would say when, when I did my demo lesson, I think I did, uh, what was it called? Inferences, right? And there's a couple of different ways I teach inferences. One is I, so they're going to want to see engagement. They're going to want to see you begin something and end something and then check for understanding at the end of the lesson, right? <clears throat> so I did uh, things in a hat, right? Like a bunch of different, um, like, superheroes or activities or whatever and then I have kids pick them out of the hat and then they have to act like spider-man or plumber or they're mowing the lawn or whatever it is right it's essentially charades right and the kids do this and it's fun you're getting them out of their seat they're laughing everyone's having a good time and you say you turn that into like how did you know what inferences were and then you talk a little bit about like what an inference is sometimes I also show there is I'm going to forget what it's called if you look up Pixar shorts, there's the there's a Pixar short, right, which are the, like the little videos they show in the beginning of Pixar movies with a donkey. And it's it, there are no words in the whole thing. It's this donkey that has to go to the top of this hill. And you can check for understanding it with inferences because you can see that the, the guy is angry at the donkey. You can see that the donkey doesn't want to walk up the hill. You can see that they're upset or sad or mad or happy, not because of what they say, but because of the way that they are um, acting, you can infer those things. And then we read um, the story, what is it called now? After 20 years, I think, where like, it's like the cop and the, the mob guy meet. And that's a really great story for inferences. It's really short. You can read it during a demo lesson, have questions afterwards, ask kids to infer, bring copies so they can like circle inferences or, or proof as to why they think you know, one thing or another. Um, and that's, that was my lesson and it went really well. Just be authentic and don't be scared. That's what I would say, especially, am I supposed to make this yeah, come I live? Because my phone is dying. <laughs> Amanda teaches. I know that name also. Amanda, I'm going to drink some of this water. I'm going to blue cup real quick. How do you deal with cell phones in class? I made a little pocket cart to collect them at the beginning of the class for participation. I made a video on it. Oh, really? And I'm curious about how others handle them. So my friend Dustin from the uh, YouTube channel, Dust Tales, did that also. And he found some success with it. Um, I don't allow students to have their cell phones out in class unless I say so. That being said, I am not as much of like a, 
a hard S about it as it used to be because I find that it just builds resentment. So this is what happens. You're not allowed to have your cell phone out in class. If I see it out, I'll go over to you and say like, yo, you can't have your cell phone out in class, man. It's too distracting. Like I get your addiction. I want to check my cell phone also, but like keep it in your pocket and make sure that the ringer's off or on airplane mode or something like that. Um, and then I just let them know the first time, right? And then it's not a big deal. Most of the time they go, they forgot that it was on. They didn't know you were going to see them and you check them. They have it out again. I take it and I take it for the period, right? I give it back to you at the end, but you have to come talk to me. And I say, yo, look, this is why I don't want you on it, right? Like break it down. It's not just a hard and fast rule. You're not doing it just because I said so. I don't want you on your cell phone because then you're not paying attention to what we're doing because I I want this to be the, because this is honestly, this is the best class of your day. And even if it's not, tell them that anyway. Um, and I want you to pay attention. I put a lot of work into this, man. And I really want you to learn. And this is why I make you do this. If it happens again, I then take your phone till the end of the day. And then I do weird stuff with it. Sometimes I hide it in my library, in my classroom, and you have to come in after school and you um, have to find it. Sometimes I wrap it up in paper towels and duct tape, and then I give it back to you. You got to open it up. Sometimes I put it on uh, time lapse. I set it on my windowsill and I take a time lapse for the whole day. It kills the kid's battery, makes them have to stay after school because they have to wait for it to charge. <clears throat> and they, but they get a pretty nice time lapse in the sky, which is kind of beautiful sometimes. Um, so that's, that's what I do. And if someone's phone goes off in class, I just say, Hey, look, I don't care who it was. Just take it out, turn it off for me, turn off the volume for me. And then let's just keep going. Because what you don't want to do is put yourself in a power struggle with students. I also put, uh, I went to Harbor Freight, which is a, it's like the, it's like the Aldi of, of the hardware world. And they have these long, um, power strips that are like 15 bucks has like 10 power outlets. I have one in my room and I have a spot where kids can plug in their phones, but your, the jam is if you plug it in, you can't go over and check it during the class. I don't care what's going on. If your parent needs you, they'll just call the school. And so uh, that's where you keep it. And then that gives like kids plug their phones in and then they're not even like in their pocket or anything like that. And I don't have to deal <laughs> and with it. And they take it fully charged to the next class yeah. and piss off that teacher. Yeah, you know, that's their, they, can, <laughs> they can figure that out. Uh, Amanda teaches is also saying, I apologize to my students once for being in a bad mood, wasn't their fault. And a student told his mother and the mom made a conference and she yelled at me. How would you handle parents yelling at you? Um, oh my gosh. You, apo you apologize to a kid and then they told on you. Look, I just, I've had parents yell at me before for all kinds of crazy stuff because I was racist, because I was culturally insensitive, because I was mean, because I didn't like their kid for some reason. And I, whenever a parent yells at me, I always turn it around and say, look, here's what you need to know about me. Whether you believe it or not, I care about your kid. I only want one thing for your child, and that is success. And this is what happened. It didn't handle it the right way, but I tried to reverse it. And I'm only human, and, and it you know, happens. And I apologize to you for even upsetting you and making you come up here, right? I don't want that for you. I realize you have other things to do like work or whatever. Um, but I would just apologize back to them and just keep it cool. And then I just think that when I've had parents come in that were upset with me, whenever I just remind them that my whole goal here is not to be right, but to be, but to do the right thing um, and to help their student. I just think that that, that changes lives right there. And that puts parents like it kind of takes them off their guard because they, I, I think they're, they think they're coming in. There's going to be like a fight. And I'm like, Nope, I just concede the point. Like you're right. I lost it. And I made the wrong move. I deeply apologize to you. 
Um, if there's ever anything I can do, please email me, let me know, you know, and uh, that won't happen again. And I think that's just, that's how I handle it. Uh, it's listen also that's not an easy thing like I don't say that like so nonchalantly I know it sounds like I am but like it's hard I've been yelled at by people and it like just crushes you it makes you wonder if you should teach anymore like it's deeply painful because you don't want to hurt a kid's feelings you don't want to hurt a parent or have someone put you on blast in front of your principal or something shit sucks and so I, I'm sorry that that happened for you. Smarty Style did a video on that. So oh, Smarty Style did a video on it? So my friend Laton, you can go check out her channel, uh, <clears throat> Smarty Style, and um, check out her video on that as well. So one swim chick, what's up, girl, is saying, what do you define as a God school? I think that I'm, I'm assuming that was a spelling mistake. A uh, good school for, your, for teachers. What do you define as a good school for teachers? Is it the staff, fellow teachers in your department, or the students? Um... I, it's never the students. Uh, I would say it for me, I like my school because I have autonomy in the classroom. I'm allowed to do pretty much, pretty much anything I want. There's still some crazy stuff I would do, but um, I don't know if I'd be allowed. Um, and it's the community of teachers. But to be honest, the community of teachers like wasn't something I walked into. Uh, when I got to my current school, I felt like it was very clicky and I had to create my own community of teachers. So I'd say wherever you go, make it the space you want to be in. Right. So like, it's this idea of like, um, not waiting to be invited to the party, just start your own party. Maybe that's with other new teachers. Maybe that's with, um, cool people that you've met along the way and like invite them over your house, go out for drinks, like do stuff together, eat lunch together, but you're creating, the group that you want to be a part of. And I think that that makes for the greatest school because you don't feel alone in those times of like deep sorrow. Like when a parent yells at you in a meeting, um, you, you have someone to go to someone that's going to have your back. Someone's going to support you. Someone's going to tell you it's going to be okay. And that can mean everything on those really tough days. Um, but I think I, so I just think, no one's going to stop you from building community, but I think autonomy for the teachers is huge because in this anymore, we're just getting closer and closer to just scripted lesson plans all the time. And that's just nonsense. Like no one benefits from that's like schools banking on having teachers that are the lowest common denominator that are going to be like completely like we didn't just go to school and become professionals at something like we're just going to show up and be talking heads and, and read your scripted lesson plans. Nonsense. So autonomy is huge for me. That's Matt, like, it's just a comment. Laughlin is saying comment. Hey Reynolds, um, put a friend of mine who is considering to become a teacher onto your videos to show an authentic and positive view on the profession. Thank you for being such a great resource. Thanks a lot, Matt. I really appreciate that. Um, that's like the best compliment that I could ever receive is that <clears throat> not just someone liking what I'm doing, but like, passing it on to someone else. I really appreciate it. Thank you. That's it. Cool. I think we're done. I'm going to drink this. Don't sign off yet because I want to say something. And you talk for an hour. It stops working. Um, gang, thanks so much for watching this. Um, the next couple Sundays will be normal. And then I have a friend coming on that's going to talk about dyslexia on July 29th on, on that Sunday. And it's going to be awesome. I saw her at uh, the ISTE conference. She's fantastic. And I think that the dyslexia 
world is like an underserved world and like one in five kids have dyslexia and like Pennsylvania is not even required to test for dyslexia um let alone have resources for kids with dyslexia which is like unfucking believable um so and that hits real close to home like my kids like live that life already so it's like uh it's something that's in my wheelhouse oh he asked earlier um, what the what your email was oh my email for anyone that's wondering is Real real rap with the Reynolds. It will be in the show notes. I'm going to do the show notes like immediately following this as soon as it uploads. So you can find that in there and any other information you need to know. Gang, thanks so much for watching. I hope you have an awesome week. And now my neighbor's watching me from out my window. So that's always fun and interesting. And that's it for this week, gang. Look, if you ever want to have your question answered on Sunday Night Teacher Talk, all you have to do is show up at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on my YouTube channel, Real Rap with Reynolds, and I'd be happy to answer any question that you put out there. Nothing is off the table. Thanks so much for your support. We really, really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great week. Peace.